Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, In last week's reading, Peter spoke for the disciples, for all disciples, by confessing Jesus as the Christ, as the Son of God. Peter got it right. And Jesus even commended Peter for this confession, identifying the Father as its source and truth, the foundation for the church to be built upon. Yes, Peter got it right. But here in our text for today, just five verses later, what do we see? Jesus calls him the adversary. Jesus calls him Satan. So what changed? How did Peter go from one extreme to the other? What happened? Well, what happened was the promise of suffering. And Peter's resistance to suffering is so strong and so natural that he's willing to even rebuke the Son of God who he had just confessed. In addition to contradicting Jesus, which certainly is never a good idea, Peter's opposition to Jesus' death prevented him from considering the resurrection. Because if you look at our text, Jesus was very clear that not only would he suffer and be killed, but he would, on the third day, be raised. But Peter found no comfort in that. He found no comfort in the resurrection. He was too disturbed by the suffering. And isn't that how it works for us, too? Not all of us suffer in the same way or to the same degree, but we all do suffer. And when we do, when the night is upon us and despair darkens our vision, that promise of the resurrection just seems so far off. It doesn't seem to be a real tangible help when we're in the midst of suffering and adversity. The fact that death always precedes resurrection doesn't help at such times. Our aversion to suffering is so strong that oftentimes we look at our text for today and we and others like it in Scripture and we call them passion predictions. But we should look at this and, and see the, call it a resurrection prediction. But there again, that shows us the problem. We tend to let the suffering take our attention. And the, pand- the pandemic that we find ourselves in has certainly brought this out to the forefront. We've all suffered to some extent through these months. And we focus so much on the suffering. The world around us focuses so much on the suffering. We do everything we can to avoid it at all costs. We live in the midst of this world that seems to want to put an end to all suffering. That no one would get sick from COVID or anything else. That no one would die. That no one would be hurt or offended or suffer in any way. But here's the deal, this side of heaven, that just can't happen. It is impossible to avoid suffering. Because remember, Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's what it means for Jesus to be the Savior. That he must go to Jerusalem and suffer at the hands of his enemies. Be killed and on the third day be raised. He must. There's no other way and there's no other kind of Savior. He must do this. He must go this way. The cross was the plan, the destination. It would not be an accident, but an intentional act. 
It would not be a tragedy, but using a great miscarriage of justice and an act of brutality, Jesus would lay down his life. Because as we know from John chapter 10, no one could take it from him. He would endure the worst of deaths, and he would look like a loser in the eyes of the world. Certainly a great fall from the heyday of his popularity. But the result, the result of all this would be life. On the third day, he would rise from the dead. And what looked like defeat would be victory. Victory not just over his earthly opponents and naysayers, because that would be a victory far too small and really of no consequence. No, this would be a victory over his real enemies, over our enemies, sin, death, and the devil. Jesus took our side against them and succumbs to them in order to defeat them. He must for us, because those are enemies that are way too powerful for us. And now many of us already know this, right? It's the first and basic truth that we learn as we grow up in church. That the man we see on the cross is Jesus, and that he's dying there for me and you for the forgiveness of our sin. That's what we deserve because of our sin. But Jesus took it in our place and then rose again to give us life. That's what it means that Jesus is our Savior. That we know full well. But in response to Jesus' next statement, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. There we tend to get it wrong sometimes. There we sinfully sometimes think, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to me. Because like Peter, you think you've got it all figured out too. Your plans, your life, spouse, family, job, home, success, achievement, retirement. You're a baptized child of God and your father has promised to take care of you and all your needs. You come to church, your sins are forgiven. It's full steam ahead. Life is good with Jesus. But then suffering comes. Suffering comes and intrudes on all you think you knew, all that you had planned, all you thought was good and right. It all gets thrown out the window. And we suffer. And suffering takes our attention away from Christ, away from his promises. Instead, at those times, we tend to blame God and rebuke him like Peter. We say things like, God, why are you doing this to me? This isn't right. This isn't how it's supposed to go. I'm not supposed to suffer like this. But it is. This must happen for your good, for your life. Because you can cling to your plans. You can cling to your life. You can cling to the way that you think things should be and throw God off and throw his cross off, throw out his work in your life. You can do that, and many do. But know this, too. Whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And so his cross is now your cross. Jesus in you and you in him. And what does a life like that look like? We'll go back to our epistle lesson from Romans. 
and look there and you'll see that's your calling as a Christian. To do those things as a living sacrifice in your home, your school, your workplace, your church, your neighborhood, everywhere. And sometimes it's going to be pretty heavy, those crosses that we bear, the suffering that we face. But this you'll see too. The work of God your Savior in you and through you and for you. Because to follow Jesus doesn't mean just to suffer and it doesn't just mean to obey. It means to follow him to the cross. To die and rise with him. The death and resurrection begun in baptism. When the sign of the cross was placed upon you and given to you in the water with the word. That's now yours to live in because Jesus is yours to live in. And he in you. His forgiveness, his life, his salvation, all yours. And strengthened in you now as you come and receive the body and blood that he gave into death and raised to life for you. That you would rise too to life with him even now, but finally and fully when the Son of Man comes with all his angels in the glory of his Father. And when he does, Jesus said, he will repay each person according to what he has done. Which sounds kind of ominous. But don't be afraid of that. For that doesn't so much mean all the good things you have done or not done, but rather this. That those who die and rise with Christ here, in baptism and repentance and faith, in forgiveness and the cross, have the promise that on the last day we will live even though we die. Because as St. Paul said earlier in his letter to the Romans, if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. A resurrection to joy, to peace, to glory, to angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. To live there in that forever. And so brothers and sisters in Christ, remember that truth. It's still true today, and it will always be true. Rejoice and be glad. The cross is the way to life, eternal life in Christ. Amen.